Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Colts cast. We're here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. Yo, yo, yo. Please be sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle is at the Colts cast, and our Instagram is at Colts cast. Hit that search bar up, put the Colts cast in, we'll pop right up. Mm. Look, if you got YouTube too, if you're on YouTube, you might as well check us out on YouTube. We are on there. Look at my face. You know you want to see this. Anyway, we are on YouTube now. But let's get right into it, Jamal. The Washington Commanders visit Lucas Oil Stadium to take on the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. Different time, though. 425. Yeah, midday game. game. So now I can sleep in, do some day drinking, then get prepared. We're we're slightly the favorites. We should be at home. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, injuries, Quiddy Pay is still hurt. That's really about it. I, I didn't see anything else that I was concerned about. I guess Shaquille Leonard. Yeah. Don't really know about him. I, will he play a game this season? Will he get health <laughs> at the deadline? I don't know what's going to happen. It's been a crazy week. We talked about it already. It's Sam Ellinger season, baby. Are we excited? Yes, sir, we are excited. And before we get into that, two things. Things number one. If you go on YouTube, I don't know why you picked the one day I'm talking about my lighting in my room going all light and dark. I look so dark right now. You want to tell everyone <laughs> to go on YouTube and look at your face? Get out of here, man. <laughs> oh, now they're going to. <laughs> Second off, um, oh, I was going to say something about the last thing you just said. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. We'll get into the to the good stuff. Sam Ellinger season. Yeah, bro. We're going to take it straight from the top. Colts Nation, you already know how happy I'm ex- and excited I am about this. Um, ain't nothing changed but the name on the mail. Uh, the Colts are ready to step in here and take off with with Sam. Uh, I, You know, we did the emergency show the other day. Kind of gave you guys a little quick taste of how we felt. But now we got to go a little more in depth with it and kind of talk about what we expect to see. So just taking it straight from the top, Eric, I got to ask you, man, did Frank Reich make this decision to ensure his job at the end of the season? Hmm. So I've analyzed this in many different ways, but I believe it definitely is a desperation move, right? Mm-hmm. It's really a disappointing season, to say the least. I mean, we have one of the worst offenses in the NFL. We had a quarterback who's been leading the league in all the wrong categories. He even admitted in the press conference after the quarterback announcement that Matt Ryan is the reason why they are struggling. So Frank Ryan, I mean, he came right out on top of it. So what do you do as a head coach who probably is on the chopping block with a few more losses? You make a drastic and impactful change, something that will give hope to a depressed fan base <laughs> because there are, I mean, I don't think we're, you know, that proud. I mean, we love the Colts. We like talking about them. We like to see them do well. I mean, there, there's some good things the Colts do do, but there's a lot of depressed fans out there. And, you know, something that I think also will help with his job security, you know. And look, they did Matt Ryan wrong. Run game wasn't like it was last year. Offensive line, definitely. 
was not like it was last year. You know, they praised him like he was going to contend for the year's MVP. <laughs> they said he was going to be here for a few years. You know, seven weeks in, that's not the case. You get benched for Sam Ellinger. Matt Ryan got bamboozled. We have to admit that. At the end of the day, the NFL is a business, though. So got to do what's best for the team. And Matt Ryan, I, I don't believe, did enough to say, hey, guys, I'm not the problem. I don't think he did enough to say that. You know, I shouldn't have to say this almost every week, but what the, excuse my f- French, fuck is Matt Ryan doing on that play? I mean, we, we say that all the time. I, I see it all the time with, with Colts fans, so... We signed up for stability. We signed up for leadership. Signed up for a smart signal caller. Instead, we got the immobile, miscalculated quarterback. So you guys might think I'm being harsh, but you saw how bad some of those interceptions were. They were really bad. Is Sam Ellinger the answer, though? Maybe, maybe not, but I'm not going to root against him. You know, he's He was exciting in preseason. I'm looking forward to seeing him play against the Commanders. If he can elevate this offense to where it needs to be to win games, I'm all about it. This game against the Commanders, it's going to be very telling. It's a good. It, it could be a good sign of what's to come. It also couldn't be. That's why the trade deadline is also next week. So a lot of decisions to be made right after that game and also Frank Rice's status as the head coach of 2023. So a lot. It, this is an exciting week. I know we said last game was our probably most important game, but th- this is one of the most important weeks in the NFL for the Indianapolis Colts and where they want to go moving forward. Isn't it crazy how every week there is some kind of importance that we can just throw on the Colts and make it a crazy, uh, another wild week? It, it doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. Yeah, it's never ending. Jim Irsay about the fight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's yeah, <laughs> they're gonna go one on one in a ring. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, it is, and I and I remember what I was gonna say earlier. Um, you reminded me when you were talking about the the trade deadline. It's been so wild to me to see. I know, like we we like to joke around and, and talk about crazy things that can happen, but the amount of fans I've seen on Twitter—I don't know if I should call them fans, but people on Twitter saying how we should. Like just trade away the whole house, get rid of Leonard, Buckner, this and everybody for the At trade. Three, go pick up Mac Jones. One. Yeah, they're like, yo, get them all out. Let's clean house. I'm like, ah, is that the answer? Is that the answer? I don't quite think so. So I've been getting a kick out of that. Like you said, three, three, and one, and people are ready to just throw in the white flag at the trade deadline and just say, get rid of everybody so we can get a pick for one player. Uh, of course, I agree we should get one player, but I don't think we should give up everybody on our squad. But we won't talk about that right now. And I'll be later during the season. Uh, so did Reich make this decision to ensure his job at the end of the season? Absolutely. Absolutely he did. Reich knew he's been on the hot seat. Um, I, I, I like to think that he felt that he was in a comfortable position for what it was worth. And then reality set in when when the media is seeing it, when the fans are seeing it, when we're talking about a Matt Ryan who has not produced. As you mentioned, we didn't set him up to, to correct all the problems. But... He clearly made it known in that press conference that he is not the solution either. Um, you know, he was, of course, he was very calm. And, 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 and I think that's more of his his professional side, his PC side. He's not going to sit there and say, you know, well, they didn't, they promised me this, but they didn't pull through with this. Well, also, 
you promise them to give your best effort every single game as well. So you got to play devil's advocate with that. You promise to to try to not fumble the ball. You promise to not try to interception. You promise to try to get this team to the next level. Uh, and, and you're right. People were saying from the very beginning, you know, Matt Ryan MVP. We did a whole episode on Matt Ryan and his potential to be the MVP. Um, and just some of the rambles that were going on throughout his tenure. Reggie Wayne, you know, saying he reminds him of Peyton Manning and all this stuff. I'm like, man, it's... That's a tough thing to think about. Um, so I think <laughs> go ahead, we go ahead. I see you unmuted. What are you gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing. I'm good. All right. I think it's a pretty strong statement to say though, you know, and especially to see what has come from there. Um, Reich Reich knows though. He knows if he wants just any more time in this in this organization, he had to pull the trigger. Because if he didn't pull the trigger and Matt Ryan loses out, instantly fired. If he pulls a trigger and Sam loses out, there's still a little chance you can remain here because you're like, well, it was week eight. This is a time where teams typically are rolling. They're starting to get full speed ahead. Now we're throwing this guy into the, you know, into the gulag and saying, you know, you better come out and you got to go get all your teammates back. Like I, that, that's kind of unfair. Um, so I think that Reich played a smart card here. It, it saves him his job for now, and it has the potential to save his job in the future if Ellinger can come out and just do enough. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think Reich knew exactly what he was doing. And and I say that because he is making more decisions over the past couple of weeks than than I've than I've ever seen him make. Obviously with the the kicking situation, let Blankenship go, we got rid of him. The biggest decision being Matt Ryan and then even Matt Hawk after a couple of bad punts, they already got a new punter on the practice squad. So he's like, Yo, I'm not skipping a beat. All of a sudden we have that urgency. Hopefully it translates onto the field, but the urgency behind the scenes is getting crazy. I think Jim Mercer and Chris Bowder had something to say about the Matt Ryan decision too. But no, you're right. There is a sense of urgency now and it's either it's time to win or it's time to go. Yeah. So I mean, that leads us right into tanking. You know, does this move to Sam Ellinger mean it's time to tank, Jamal? Ooh, you know what? Absolutely. Absolutely not. It does not mean it's time to tank. Uh, this, again, Frank Wright does not want to lose his job. I don't think there's any coach in the world who wants to lose their job, especially a head coach. None of them want to go back to be an assistant unless you're like Matt Patricia. I picture, I imagine Josh McDaniels in a couple of years wanting to go back to be an assistant under Belichick. Um, but Frank Reich, a seasoned head coach, does not want to lose his job. Uh, I think it's quite the opposite, to be honest. He knew he knew he had to make ownership happy with this one. He knew that Ballard was on his back with this one, and everything just kind of fell into play. I, I have a hard time believing that if we would have won with Matt at quarterback and the injury wouldn't have happened, that we truly would have switched over to Sam. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. Of course, we'll never know now, so it doesn't matter, but I it, is, it interests me to know whether it truly would have happened. Um you know, because it's it's a lot that can go into that. But I don't think that we're in a position to tank again. Jim Irsay cares about winning. I like to think that after Peyton got injured and the season was just absolute garbage, that was more of a tanking style where it wasn't so much that the Colts were just that bad without one player that there was also some tanking involved there. And it kind of left a sour taste in Jim's mouth, especially after Andrew Luck, everything happened with him. We do all that work, pay all that money, and now we have nothing to show for it. So I, I, mm. I'd like to think that he's afraid to take that route again. I mean, you have to, as an owner, to 
put all your eggs in the basket and then someone just be like, nope, I'm done. So um, I truly think that that plays heavy with him and he's not about to tank. And he would rather go, you know, get a nine, seven, eight, nine win season and be mediocre than to fall down to that, to the, to the bottom of the barrel to potentially elevate. Yeah, it's, it's, I think in the NFL, it's just really hard to tank. Uh, I don't know because the players want to win. I, you can only do so much to tank your team, and I, you know, I, I really don't like the idea of tanking. The idea of doing everything you can to lose a game just to move up a few picks. I, I hate to think about it like that. Um, and in the NFL, it's it's more of a team sport. Like if you go to basketball, there's five players on the court. You know, adding one special player makes a tremendous difference. You know, it's it's a little harder to reach that height in in football. It, it can be done, but again, we're three three and one. We 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 gotta relax, right? Are the Rams tanking? Are the Buccaneers tanking? Are the Packers tanking? Are the Forty ers tanking? No, and yet they have just as many wins as us. Frank Wright and this front office—they're just not in the position to tank. So. Someone's job is on the line for the season. If if it's a failure, a failure to me is missing the playoffs again. I can't sit here with a straight face and say the season is over, blow it up, tank for Stroud or Young. Because it's not over. Plus, I've already stated this before. You know, Some analysts are saying this is one of the deepest quarterback classes ever. I think we're going to have our chance to pick from the apple tree, regardless of how mediocre we play. So at 500 need to be focused on what we can do to better our chances of making the playoffs. You guys don't want to give up on the season just yet. I don't, I don't see that from true Colts fans. That's just me, though. Hey, that was well put, man. That was a much more thorough <laughs> thought-out answer than me. I like the comparison to the other teams because I didn't think about it in that aspect. Again, we they're know all, the Rams. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're all three-win teams. Yeah. That are, yeah. are they tanking? No. no I mean, no. I, they probably have a more realistic chance for sure of going yeah. further, but yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, Aaron Rodgers, Sons, Devontae Adams, like that. There's a lot of just stuff going on. The Buccaneers look terrible. Ooh, We're about to yeah. see them tonight. I mean, the Rams that. don't look great, but I guarantee you, they're not all tanking. Right. No, you're right. Uh, and so, speaking of those players and their teams, I mean, what what do you feel about the culture? Because uh, I know the culture in their locker room can't be too, too bad. So how do you feel about the culture in our locker room after making this move to Sam at quarterback? Well, Sam, they, Frank Wright keeps saying he has the fans in the locker room. Like, he has fans. Do I believe him? I don't know. It's a wait and see right now. Hindsight is going to be twenty twenty when we look at what entails after this week. But, you know, Sam Ellinger, he, he's done nothing wrong. So I expect the team to keep doing what they're doing. Uh Again, trade deadline is next Tuesday. I think we'll have some expectations set after this game and after the deadline. If we start dealing some good veteran players, you know Frank Wright is actually throwing in the white flag, even though he said he wasn't. If we play very well against the Commanders and get a dub, do the Colts keep their sight on the playoffs? I think they do. So it's all going to be very telling sooner rather than later so if Sam Ellinger can do his job well he's gonna have the locker room I do think that they say his leadership is great I have nothing to go against that agreed 
Agreed, absolutely. I mean, uh, Frank has made it seem like, as you said, that everyone is all about him, and that's what we need to see. Uh, I, I think that the players probably have like an initial shock just of what happens, just because that's the way reality works, especially when we're talking about a veteran player who's been proven throughout his entire tenure. But there also has to be that sense of refreshment. You know, it, it, anytime something new happens, there's a sense of refreshment. Management and job changes, you feel a little refreshed. Even if you like that person that was there before, it's a different feel that comes along with this. So I would like to think that the young, the young gunner, you know, has, has made it, has made it just brought a new, new bit of hope. Um, in Star Wars episode four, new hope, a new hope. We we can call it. I could be the episode. (laughs) You're right. Uh, I mean, and, and, and it just, it's going to, it's going to show, it's going to show. I like to think that, Everyone there respects him. I mean, he's been around. It's not like he's just some Joe Blow who got picked up off of waivers. He's been around camp. You know, he's been there since last year. So the players know him. They know what to expect. And like he said, he goes in every day like it's like he's going to start. So he's not even nervous right now. You know, he, he he feels like he's a winner. He wants to be that guy. So if you if somebody sit next to me in the locker room and they have that mentality when they were a third string quarterback, you know, I feel comfortable. Mm. I feel comfortable with that. Mm. So you feel comfortable that he's about to get his first win against the Commanders? Boy, do I. Hey, you know what, man? Let me just go ahead and start. Um, so, uh, <laughs> no, I'm but in all seriousness, though, Sam Sam has been consistent uh, throughout his college career, throughout his NFL preseason career, whatever you want to call it. I talked about his rushing yards last week because I wanted to just explain to everybody how important that was as a moving a moving quarterback in this day and age that's what we need we need to see a glimpse of what that can be for this team and how important that is because that's the future or I should say that's the now not even the future that's the now of what we have so whether it's not that we want to stick with him for the long run or we move on move on to someone maybe a little um quicker maybe a better arm whatever you want to, however you want to slice it we get a chance to see how we can do this uh but now I want to talk about his passing over his career in Texas we're talking, you know, a 62.5% completion rate through for 11,436 yards, averaging 7.7 7, uh, an attempt or uh, yeah, an attempt, 94 touchdowns, 27 interceptions. So I like that, man. I, I, that's telling me that 94 touchdowns, 24 interceptions. He is playing smart with the ball. He's not just throwing it out wherever he can. Not only is he playing smart, but he's actually getting yards, seven and a half yards is great that's a great first down that's a, or a great first down player a great third down to play to get those yards we need he's been consistent year over year over year uh besides his freshman year he's been keeping it above 60 percent completion rate um and and his numbers just got better as his career went on at texas and again i know a lot of people are saying that it's hard well it may not he may not be who we think he is because he doesn't have any experience in the NFL, et cetera, et cetera. When no one has any experience in the NFL before they get there, no one does. When you are in the combine, you're in the draft, yes, you may be playing at Alabama where you have the NFL stars who are going to be there, where you have a 22-man offense and defense and probably 10 of them are going to make it to the league or more, but none of them are in the NFL. They all have to get there and then have their shot. So I get so frustrated when I see on TV or when I read and they're like, well, he doesn't have the the experience of being an NFL quarterback. Well, Sherlock Holmes, neither did you before you got to the league. So that's how it works. 
dude was playing Ball State and West <laughs> Alabama. You reading me those stats? He in the NFL he now, Texas. baby. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, dude playing Bojangles Biscuit State. <laughs> no, no, those, those are some good numbers. I agree. He was, he was a great college quarterback. I'm looking forward to this game. I've yeah. been looking forward to this game since the schedules came out. You know, we had Carson Wentz versus oh, Matt sure. Ryan. I was like, ooh, that's about to be that that's mm-hmm. gotta be a good game, mm-hmm. right? You know, let's see what team made the right decision. No, yeah. but no, we, we don't get either of them. <laughs> we get Taylor Heineke versus Sam Ellinger. Backup versus backup. What are we, three point favorites, I think? And, yeah, and guess what? Not only we not only do we not get to see that, we get we, we're about to get a double edged sword because for one, we're about to lose out we lost out on a quarterback we spent all this money on. And two, we're about to lose that second round draft pick. So it's a double it's a double loss for us. The only thing we can do is hope for the W in the win column this week. Yeah, unfortunately, I think it's looking like a, a third-round pay. I don't know. It's only been like a week. Eh. We don't know yet. Hopefully. But look, the Commanders, they limited Aaron Rodgers to under 200 passing yards last game. I think the Packers are overrated. I, I truly Agreed. do, and they severely regret not being able to retain Devontae Adams. Still, it's Aaron Rodgers, future Hall of Famer, under 200 passing yards. You'll see that a lot. The Russian offense also got stuffed that game. Only 38 yards on the ground of, out of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So, will we get our first, first win? Well, I think a few things have to happen. I think, one, we do have to establish our run game. Can we get Jonathan Taylor rolling? Especially with a new quarterback making his first career start. That would alleviate a lot of pressure, in my opinion. If we can lean on Jonathan Taylor throughout the game, maintain that, you know, five yards per carry, that would be beautiful. That would be wonderful. Control that time of possession. Let Sam Ellinger be a game manager for his first start. Like you said, limit mistakes in college. So I don't I don't expect him. I, I would love for him to do this. I don't expect for him to throw 300 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's not my expectations right now. But I do expect him, after watching what Matt Ryan did with our offense, to limit mistakes and let our above-average defense do their thing against the Commanders. Because the Commanders, they're just average to me. Average in basically every category. Passing offense, rushing offense, defense, specialty, anything. They're just average. So our defense... Is above average. Didn't allow a single touchdown last game against the Titans. Very impressive in my in my opinion. Let's keep it simple. So now, like I was saying, I do think there's that small chance our offense could go bonkers by inserting Sam Ellinger in. I would fucking love that. That will change the opinion of our fan base going forward. Absolutely. If he, if he comes in and just balls out, they're, they're going to be like, oh, my God, I don't know why they didn't <laughs> do this earlier. My goodness, he was so much better than Matt Ryan. I told you all so. I want that because I want us to win. Mm-hmm. I, I want there to be hope. So, But, you know, Matt, Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger, two different types of QBs, cut from a different cloth. One's a very accurate pocket passer, handles his reads pretty well, gets the ball out fast. The other, like you were talking about, Jamal, mobility, possesses that mobility, the ability to extend plays further. Something that could really help out our offense and this offensive line who's been subpar. 
So inserting mobile QB into that situation just adds that little spice to our offense. I don't know if you remember that Colts versus Chiefs game this year. We won, but do we know how elusive Patrick Mahomes was that game? We'll be back after a quick break. If, if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around the yeah. decade, right? You know, we, we kind of, uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues. Uh-huh. Uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. I'm not sure because I was there and I probably had like eight drinks, but I was watching the game. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you right now, he's pressured on 22.5% of his dropbacks that game. Matt Ryan was pressured on 25.5% of his dropbacks. That's a 3% difference. The results, though, Matt Ryan had five sacks. Patrick Mahomes, he had one. Mobility. Exactly, Jamal. That's all I'm saying. It's a nice trait to have sometimes. Even though we won the game with those five sacks taken, I would have preferred you know, one sack or less, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if mobility had a factor in that. You know, He is Patrick Mahomes. It's hard to compare it to. Matt Ryan's no pushover. At least in his prime, he wasn't. So I just think when you're able to let plays develop a little bit longer, See your receiver on their full route or make that defensive back, you know, have to cover them that extra two or three seconds, make them slip up, or even just go through your progressions. Good things can happen. So, like I was, like you were saying, Jamal, Ellinger's rushing yards in college was crazy with the Longhorns. 2,000 yards for his career? Mm hmm. Yeah. This is the hope. This is the new hope. This is Star Wars all over Absolutely. again, baby. I think Ellinger brings a new element to our offense, something that's needed for our current build, our current makeup of this offense. I think we can pull this one out at home. I Have have we had a time where we come on this podcast and say we're not going to win? I think the Chiefs game, maybe. The Chiefs game, yeah. And I think we were – yeah. No, I think it may have just been the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. The Titans we, we straight were very upset. wrong about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like the Commanders, they're not a scary team, right? It to me, maybe just some other people they are. They they barely beat the Packers, beating by about two points. And I mean, no one had a standout game to me. I mean, their running game got got off to a great start, but on the season. I mean, I think both the running backs, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, they're both averaging less than four yards per carry. I'm not, and you know, look, Taylor Heineke got benched for a reason. Look, mm-hmm. I'm not scared of this offense. Our defense is great. I I have this, I have this notion in my head that Sam Ellinger is just going to come in there and ball out. I don't know why. I I, I really hope that's the case. I <laughs> I do not want to see. Another you know bad quarterback day, but that that's what I think. Well, I'm I'm gonna tell you why you're gonna see him have a great or 
yeah, we're gonna say a great. He's gonna have a good day. He's gonna have a great day because Eric, I'm <clears throat> going back to what you were alluding to with the Patrick Mahomes information. I don't know if you saw. He used to work out with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, mm. Yeah, so the mobility. I mean, I mean, who? Well, who better to learn it from besides Patrick Mahomes? I don't know. Maybe Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or, or Josh, uh, uh, Josh Allen. But I mean, besides that, Mahomes. I mean, you work out with him. You understand they they they're talking knowledge. They're talking football because they're not just hanging out and drinking. You know, I mean, they're actually talking what their job and their career is. So uh, that, I, it gives me it gives me a little extra high hope. Now I'm not going to say that that's going to make him go out there and throw for 350 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, rush for 116 yards with a two touchdown rush. That ain't going to happen. That's not going to happen. But like you said, Eric, the limited mistakes, the limited mistakes will make a difference. Uh, I think that he will possess the ball a whole lot better. He will get open. He will elude pressure when he needs to. And 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 in a, in a time of crisis, if he can't elude and he can't run, I think he'll do the smart thing and get rid of the ball and not try to force it to where it shouldn't be. Um, because he will. He I don't know. I just feel like when you know you have the wheels. You you just move differently, you know. You move differently when you know you can just zip through whatever you need to. It's a different mindset, a different atmosphere, and um. So Yo, he's I, talking about Sam Ellinger like he is the next Lamar Jackson. This uh, is crazy. <laughs> I'm saying when you used to seeing somebody who who moving like Father Time back there. I That's mean, Matt Ryan had a couple good runs. I'm not knocking him because there were a couple runs where we even talked about on here. I was like, all right, that's what we want to see. But, I mean, again, we, we put the video up on YouTube. We put it on Twitter. We all remember that preseason scramble. Mm. My man was out there cooking. Cooking. So that's what we need to see. But you know what else I would like to see that would help him out this week in the game? And I think that would help kind of ensure him to get a win would either be a two-back two, uh, set where we can get JT and Naheem out there or JT and Dion or Naheem and Dion, whatever kind of setup we need. Because I think if we have the dual threat, for the running backs out there, plus him out there. I mean, that's just the ball can go anywhere. I Talk think that will be great. Or if we don't have that on the field, double tight. Let's get Mo out, or let's get Mac out there, Molly Cox and Jelani out there. That that two tights. So now we got two weapons. Even Grandson, don't matter. We got two weapons that's going to be going downfield. One can stay home and block, and one can go downfield. Don't matter. We got opportunities to make ourselves successful. We're not one dimensional where we have JT right beside us, so we know it's probably going to him. We got Naheem going out, and we got JT going out. Yo, we got options for days. They don't don't know matter. It doesn't matter who you give it to. We got options for days. So I think if we run the two Mo, running back, hold on, Mo Ali Cox is a weapon now. I didn't know that. All right. Well, I no, I was talking about Naheem. No, 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 no. I said Naheem and <laughs> JT. But no, I mean, but seriously, though, if we have Mac out there, we have Molly Cox out there blocking and Jay Woods going out for a quick pass. Mm. I mean, I, I just think that when we have, when you have solid players on your squad and you can put multiple of those positions out there, and you get a chance for to, to confuse a defense, it can make for a hell of a day for a defensive coordinator. And that's what we want. We don't want to be predictable because I like to feel like if any DC goes and watches our film, they're like, all right, well, as soon as they do this, we're going here. As soon as they do that, we're going here. There's no trickery besides the play where Matt Ryan orchestrated that touchdown, which I'll give him to when he drove downfield and orchestrated that touchdown where I thought we were going to run out of the clock on the play or on the play clock. Besides that, I mean, I think that we're kind of predictable what we're going to do. 
but full credit for him for recognizing what was going on. And that may be a Sam Ellinger weak point where we could see a problem. I haven't really seen him get a chance to read defense and make adjustment. So I'm not going to sit here and just talk about him like he is, uh, you know, the, the, the second coming of Jesus. Because I want to be realistic here. Um, I haven't seen him really read a defense and kind of understand what's going on and pick them apart. Uh, because that's something what Matt Ryan did at the down there in the field was elite elite status where you where you were able to know what's going on. But it gives me hope that he's been in a film room, in a quarterback room with Nick Foles, who's had plenty of experience in these situations, with the Matt Ryan who's had experience in these situations. He's been able to soak up the knowledge because that's what we need. So I think that'll be his hardest test for him. Um, will be understanding what's going on in defense. And I'm like, again, I'm not downplaying that he cannot read defense, but I just haven't seen him read defense before. So I think that'll be uh, an interesting challenge to, to watch and kind of see his process. Yep. First career start. It's going to be a fun one. It always is in Colts Nation. Look, everybody, that's going to be it for us. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Colts cast. We release episodes bi-weekly. Go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. We'll be back with a post-game analysis for you guys on Sunday. Look, go Colts. It's a, it's a good time to be a Colts fan. Go Colts. We'll see y'all then. That's right. Go Colts. <laughs>